And welcome to Open All Ours, the QPR podcast. There are four of us at the moment, but there will be five at one point. David is absent without leave, doing something. I don't know if it's work or personal or he's something. He's probably gone to one of them comedy clubs and paying to yeah. be a better comedian. I think he's training up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's doing well, doing well. He's the funniest person I've ever met. And that is the voice of Paul Finney, of course, from... We weren't sure. Is it still in DRs? Does that well, yeah, still we're exist? still going. We're still going. Okay. But we're, we're, we're going to have a massive um, tune-up soon and we're going to relaunch because Ooh. we haven't really been on it for a while. So we, okay. we, we're, going to, we're nice. going to get on it again. 2020. Um, I'm also from the Florida van, of course. Oh, yeah. And um, from my mum's womb. Lovely. Thank you. Uh, and we are joined by two guests tonight, Raul and Rory. If you guys want to maybe introduce yourselves... Talk about a little bit about your relationship to QPR, how you became a QPR fan. Hello, yeah, I'm Rory, also from my mother's womb, like Finney, that should be said. Uh, I've been a QPR fan for over 20 years. Uh, it was glory hunting, actually, because we were the top f- five or fifth place in the Premier League, so we just picked the best London team, and that went badly wrong very quickly. Yeah, oh, you regret that decision yeah. every no, day. No, I'm kind of happy, actually, because it, it gave me more, more character building to support such a poor team early in my life. Nice. Thanks, Roy Roll. And I'm Rahul, also from Finney's mom's womb. <laughs> and uh, I moved to, to the UK in 2013 and randomly picked QPR to be my team uh, for no particular reason. And we, we can um, sense a bit of an accent there. So did you move here from the States? Correct. And where were you living in the States? Uh, New York City for school and New Jersey a bit as well. Nice. And was there much like soccer around or was it... Uh, Oh, soccer. Uh, soccer. Yeah, you were adjusted for him, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, uh, yeah you know, I just want to be you know, inclusive. Although apparently, I looked this up, I think I told you, Rahul, the soccer was actually the word the English used when it started. Oh, because it's ah. association football, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so yes, go on. Yeah, nice. when, I, when I was moving, uh, it wasn't as big. Now it's pretty big. You can actually watch more games in the US on TV than you can in the UK. Is a women's game still like, supported by the men? Uh, the game. It's it actually has some support, but only at the national team level, because uh, oh, okay. the U.S. is usually one of the best teams. The Premier League is supported pretty extensively, but it tends to be by uh, like hipster pricks. Yeah, so and all it's, your it's American sport. <laughs> all your American mates. What sort of teams do they support? Is it Liverpool, Chelsea, uh, City? The big, yeah, the, the the big one, the big kind of global teams. Uh, a lot of Tottenham, uh, Chelsea, Man U. Uh, Arsenal, Liverpool. classic. But does the Chelsea fan criteria reach all over the world? As in, they're all dicks. <laughs> yeah, for the most part. Glo- glo- a global dick fan base. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, yeah. Chairmaned by dick and supported by dicks. <laughs> so, um, true fact. It was a pretty good result on the weekend. Only pretty good. Yeah. Hey, listen. I hear you've upset Leeds fans. I have upset a couple of Leeds. I mean, say? who hasn't on social media in the last week? So I went. I was on the Guardian Football Podcast on Monday, Ooh, yesterday. Guardian one. And um, so, uh, we, we one. rarely talk about the championship, but when they do on that podcast, they just mention like the top two teams and obviously one of the bigger clubs like Leeds. And they mentioned Leeds lost and I was pretty chuffed about it. And I just said, I love beating Leeds. Um, What's wrong with that? Yeah, exactly. But um, 
Some of the tweets are so funny. Someone tweeted me saying, what a sad life you must live to ha- take so much joy about another team losing. And I thought, well, isn't that how football works? Half right. <laughs> anyway, I, you know, I was perfectly honest. I said Leeds are a good team. They've got a, a fantastic manager, but they've got a thin squad. They've got a terrible striker. They're extremely fast, well-conditioned. They create lots of chances. They had 11 corners on the weekend. I think they had 20 shots. So... They're obviously a great team. There's no denying that. But they didn't win the game. They're riddled with injuries at the moment. And they've got a crap striker who's severely overrated. Like, that's the truth. What annoys me, Flo, about Leeds? Because, as I say every week, I'm old. So I've got life experience that you guys will have coming later on in life when I'm dead and the ants have got me. And, And that is, they've always been bastards. And they always will be. Dirty Leeds. I mean, how long has that name been around? And the fans have, like... Typical ones, I was talking to one in Hull, they usually do like Leeds fan, and um, this is about 14 years ago, and he's like, yeah, we're on to the championship, and I'm thinking, I wonder how he feels now, it's like they came down, we're on to the championship, we've backed a couple of years, and then, back for a right for a place, we're robbed of the champions in Europe, and they kind of dish it out, but they don't take it so well. There was, I was, a couple of Leeds fans I worked with, they agreed with me this morning when we had a chat, because I said, look, I've wound a few people up, and they, well, they, and they said, fans, well, they said, no, you're completely right, like, our striker's not good enough, we control the game, we control possession, 66% possession on the weekend, but they can't get the job done because they don't have enough players and their players are getting knackered by playing this all-out football, which is fantastic. But at the end of the day, they haven't solved a problem that they've had for like two years now. Anyway, we don't need to talk too much about Leeds. Let's talk about the fact that we won a game and we won a game doing what we failed to do for a lot of the season, which is win ugly. We've tried to do things in a very beautiful lovely attacking way this season which is great at times but sometimes in this division you just got to be a bit shit and you know time waste and be a bit of an arsehole and we did that really well on Saturday yeah I agree I was actually pleased to see Masterson booked which is a little bit harsh but he was taking edge to take that free kick for book for time wasting if you're one to love I want to see a random mm. player it doesn't matter get booked for time wasting because so many times this season we've just been kind of naive and vulnerable and we don't do the dirty things like run down the clock very much I think in the Charlton game especially it was wrong yeah the Charlton game was a prime example where we had the opportunity to run down the clock and we didn't we gave away that free kick and then ended up conceding late on so that was quite refreshing is to see our players get a little bit nasty and play other teams at their own game because other teams will come and do that and they will bully you off the pitch I know Rahul thinks because I haven't talked to him about it but I talked to him before the game about how we're going to set up everything else and He's one of the, look. He's like you, right? He knows four five one four four this baba. I just know it's eleven people chasing the round thing, and I don't want to lose to the other side because they're usually horrible. So, but you were saying you were quite confident before the game on Saturday when I bumped into you. Yeah, I felt pretty confident, but I actually disagree somewhat about us playing ugly. I don't think I know we got a good result. We kept a clean sheet. I don't think our defense was that great even though we did keep a clean sheet. Okay, interesting. Uh, the edge of the box was always vacated. Mm. There were a lot of chances there. A lot of Leeds players were able to make late runs into the box. And then even in terms of game management, yes, we were marginally better than in other matches, but I, I just lost my mind when Josh Schoen comes in as a sub and then he's making an overlapping run, running into the into Leeds' box in the 92nd minute. And you're just like, what are you doing? You've come in as a CDM. Sit deep. Don't leave that space. Don't occupy it. So I think, I think 
I think Pew, Pew was a good sub, though. Pew, Pew did yeah. well. Sub, I, I know he, what you mean on Scow, and he was, yeah. he was making some risks that weren't necessary. Yeah, and there, there were a few situations like that where I, I was getting a little bit antsy. I think missing Eugle definitely made the game uh, a little bit harder to see out because he was the outball you could have mm. played long yeah. to, and he could have held it up. Bright was smart to put him as a striker at the end because he was a counterattacking threat. Mm. But I think it's... Look, we won the game, so I'm not going to complain too much, but... I think we're going to see the inconsistent results so long as there isn't a drilled approach to to just see out a game very, very cynically, change the shape, go with extra midfielders. We still kept the 4-2-3-1 at the end. I would have just liked to see... I mean, we got a good result, but I would like to see something even more cynical than that. Raul, do you think then we were a little bit lucky? Obviously, I mean, Kelly saved a penalty and there's a, a bit of luck to that. But do you, were you pleased but not necessarily convinced? I think we played well, actually. And I, I think, I mean, in some respects, we were lucky. But I think part of that is because Bamford just had a horrible game. Mm. But uh, th- there were some elements. I mean, in, in any match, it's, it's 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 does the other team take their chances? And Leeds had quite a few chances, but wasted so many of them. I, I see it differently because the way I saw it was that Leeds were trying to overrun us frequently, which is why they had the space on the other side. But we held a position quite well. And we didn't, whereas before, we, we would... We were chasing players, drawing the ball sometimes, and we were leaving massive gaps in the middle, and we were getting players drawn in. We weren't doing that. Wallace was doing a good, steady job at left-back, and Kane probably had his better game, but Hall actually had the best game he's had in a long time alongside Matheson. Now, well, that's because he feels more comfortable that he's thrown behind him with a bit of pace, so he doesn't need to worry so much mm. about coming back and being caught offside or, what, or you know trying to catch people offside. I thought we did look at times fun, but then don't forget we've let in more goals than most teams in this division. We've gone through a lot of defensive changes. Normally, the, the one thing that doesn't change throughout the season in most teams is the defence, and we have changed ours a lot. And I think, you know, obviously, the typical thing is now everyone's going to overhype Masterson, including myself, because I thought he was outstanding. Whereas I'd like to see him just let get let him get on with it, let him produce what he can do, and we might have solved our centre half crisis without actually having to get anyone in. You know, because if if you got him keeping Lysner on the bench and Hull looking over his shoulder. And then Cameron is the central defensive. I thought he did really well in the centre midfield because he was breaking up their play really well. So much so they tried to kill him. Um, <laughs> and, you know, you can only judge it on that. that We frustrated him so much because he was... With Cameron, he, I don't know if you find this flow and Rory and Rahul. He's so frustrating because of some games he's like that and he's mm-hmm. on it and he's breaking yeah. everything up. And you think, God, I can see why we've got him now. And then there's other games he's just... He's missing. On the weekend, I thought he was good, but his touch was a bit sloppy. So there were opportune times when he was getting a really simple pass, but like missing the ball and then needs would turn over possession mm. in the middle of the, the, middle that, of the they're, pitch. They're, but, they're at your ankles though as well, Flo, don't forget. I mean, they are, yeah, no, that's quick, true. Like that, that, yeah. Their whole game is a high But then, in my, I mean, sometimes I have zero th- sympathy for footballers because I think, well, you've been doing this every day of your life for the past 30 years. So like, I feel like you would have mastered it by now. But Hardcore that's just are. that's just just me but but they are um, they are high tempo leads i mean that's one thing I did they're so with. high tempo but it's also i think he's burnt them out you know it's kind of like the song's true the fall in the park game because mm. it's got to this stage of the season well you, you, yeah you, you i mean your body would obviously be shot and that's the problem is their squad isn't big enough to cope with the demands of the style they should be play that they play but also at the same time they have these fullbacks bouncing down the field putting pretty decent balls in and mm. then a striker that can't finish them so that's I mean, I feel like their their faults are pretty obvious. Um, Masterson uh, had a fantastic game. The club have 
have hyped that up a little bit. I think people were a little bit worried about the like highlight reel that came out. What do you guys think about him and his performance? I think and he played the future very well. There was that one quite worrying moment when he got completely turned by Bamford. Quite a similar situation to where Lee Wallace got sent off earlier in the season, but at least he didn't put a challenge in and just let Bamford do what he does best, which is waste chances. He's very good at missing. Really good. I saw <laughs> a nerdy stat on uh, Loft for Words that his like, expected goals. He, with the chances Bamford gets, he should have scored about 17 goals this season. and He, scored he gets so 10. many good chances. Yeah, and yeah. Naki Wells is the opposite. Naki Wells should have scored about six, and he's on mm. 12, 13. Oh, that's interesting. 13 in total. 13 uh, since the... Yeah, 13 in gods. the league, 14 in all competitions, I think. Okay. The, the thing about... And this is, this is more about what I think as well, is that with the Leeds bench and the players and that, they, they obviously watched us against Brentford and expected a different setup. And Warburton done his homework. For once, he got his subs bang on. I know what you're saying about Skyrim, but at least Skyrim mm. was able to come on and bite ankles a little bit as well and throw them off a little bit. I thought the subs were good Saturday. I think Masterson is going to be a good player, but just let him settle. Don't do that with David Ledesma and anyone else that has a great game. That's it. That's, have oh. t-shirts, have cups. <laughs> it wasn't even I miss Ledesma. Ledesma t-shirts were fantastic. I've got three t-shirts at home just wasted. I remember that end of this season in the club shop, they were literally giving them away for 10p because he was still a... Who did we get him on loan for? It wasn't Middlesbrough. Yeah, no, it was an Italian team, wasn't it? I yeah. thought he was on loan from like yeah. Atlanta or something. something like that, wasn't yeah, it? And then he, he went to Barnsley afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he ended up at Middlesbrough at one stage. But he was a good player, but overhyped. And he wasn't our player, blah, blah. And then, of course, the, the offshot of that is that when they have a bad game, in one turns. But no, Masterson looks like, you can tell he's been through the Liverpool Academy. You can mm. tell he's had a difference. He's a good, yeah, you can tell he's a good product. Yeah. Not the Sean Gosses of the uh, Ac- Premier League Pretty Academy Sean. system who is he, is he still no he's gone now he's at Shrewsbury isn't he because he was still technically our player I think till the I summer I think he might be the third member of Bros <laughs> and he's got because he's got, he's, he wasn't very good at football so he might have found a new challenge in his life and he is risky I mean obviously oh Christopher has joined us Hi. the man the we myth the legend we were just talking about Saturday so you know bundle in and join yeah, the fun do you read your WhatsApp messages? Uh, no. Excellent. Back-to-back midday games as well, but I quite enjoyed that because you've still got your Saturday to we had enjoy. This last week. No, it's wrong. Three <laughs> o'clock Saturday. I'm old. I don't like change. It throws me off things, and I don't like it. Go back to three o'clock. And <laughs> make, and make Mars bars bigger again. You know, yeah. all the things you miss about youth. Texan bars, Mars bars, make them bigger. Wag- when wagon wheels, I mean, don't get me wrong, I couldn't hit the damn things, but at least they look bigger. If you had yeah. to choose between 3pm kickoffs coming back and wagon wheels being bigger. Well, no, wagon, I can hit them anyway, so it's 3 o'clock kickoffs. <laughs> okay. so I'm good. But I just think 12.30 is very odd and very strange, and, and players always look like they've just been. I mean, those poor souls. But you they're, know what? They've been at nightclubs and everything. You know, you've got to feel for them. But you know what does in terms of like our perception in the wider football community? I mean, it does help with playing Leeds, but having a 12.30 game does get a bit more eyeballs on us as a club who are like kind of mid-table, like, not really in the hunt for much. So many people who watched that game were tweeting about that game and talking about us as well, being Leeds, which is quite nice because we don't really get talked about in a positive way very much these days. Whenever we're talked about, it's, you know, about money or managers being sacked. So it's quite nice to be in there for different reasons. Obviously, the Wells handball situation obviously got picked up a lot and the Leeds fans weren't too happy about that. But... In this division without VAR, that's the nature of things. Sometimes they go your way and sometimes they don't. I loved it. I thought it was an advert against VAR. Because I also think we could have maybe conceded a penalty with Wallace on, I think, Costa if he'd yeah, gone down. I feel like yeah. with VAR that would have been a penalty. 
Bamford probably would have been given the penalty even with VAR, even though he completely bought that. But uh, we've had some bad luck this season, so we, we sort of do one. I like it being that way around because, you know, it was leads up. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Um, <laughs> nice to join you. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. I think um, if we'd had VAR in the championship, I think we'd have lost more points than we'd have gained so far. You always feel like as a ball. You always feel like the luck is going against you. But uh, yeah, I, I, to be honest, I wasn't really aware of why they were so because I was 110 yards away. I uh, thought it was an offside situation until I went on Twitter. When they time. cheered the referee when he made a decision, I just thought it's because they hadn't been given fouls or whatever. Yeah. But um, I mean, Lee's punched the ball into their net last season, so exactly. I'm, I'm not feeling that sorry for him. Do you know got me sorry, Chris? I don't say this. Their, their fans are going like absolute mayhem over the our club actually being funny for once. On the Twitter account, no, guys, you're funny all the time. I didn't mean that. Um, and uh, and um, saying about the hand, I think they did exactly the same against. Well, uh, everybody does it. The the social football, social media now is all about that kind of thing. It's all about the banter between the clubs, and you know it's fun. It's look at Brentford, it's relaxed. It's you know like everybody chill out. But yeah, Brentford put a picture of the ground up and asked us how our ground was getting yeah. on. You know, you, you expect and the bus stop thing that was funny. But Leeds, I think, feel that there's they're just the fact in the world and injustice on a level that known on to any other club and they're, they're probably the most deluded club because they're on TV every frigging week you know and they you know they, they think they're too big for the championship the reality is they're probably not good enough not to get out of it again and the service them right <laughs> yeah and, it's, and after the whole Spygate thing and then Phillips yeah. trying to murder Cameron again and even last year Bamford tried to punch in uh, a, a corner into the net against QPR I remember I was sitting in the R block and I try. I double checked this because I wasn't sure if I remembered it right. So I went to the Loft, Loft for Words report from last year, and there's actually a picture of Bamford blatantly punching the ball into the net. So Probably it's total cool. nonsense. And he also missed, of course, as well. So uh, <laughs> uh, probably thought you were still playing fly half rugby or whatever. Yeah, it's, uh, but the whole the whole division this year is very weak. I mean, you just see the last few yeah. weeks that it's been clawed back. West Brom and West Brom looked certain when they played at our place. I yeah, thought the yeah. best team we got, decent right back they've got as well. Um, <laughs> Not too bad. Yeah. Won't dwell on that again too much. I've already said my piece on that. Um, but yeah, I, I think what you said about. Uh, putting us in the spotlight it did also put our players in the spotlight and so hence the rumours today that uh, at, um, uh, Naki's going to be recalled back uh, with Bristol City and Wigan battling it out if you believe it I th- we'll, we'll, um, we'll get onto the transfer talk a bit later yeah, right? sorry, we're going to get no 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 don't worry Chris we're going to get the man of the moment safe hands <laughs> Liam Kelly uh, the hero of Saturday on the phone uh, so let's get him on the phone Liam, thanks so much for joining us. I've got Rory, Raul, Chris and Finney and myself here. Uh, We've just been sort of dissecting the game on Saturday and obviously you played a massive part in the result. What was it like being out there in the atmosphere on Saturday? Um, Well, first and foremost, the atmosphere was unbelievable. Um, I think as soon as we made it 1-0, the fans were well aware that a shot could be on the cards and and they backed us the whole way, and, and that really got us over the line. Um, it was a great game to be involved in. Was it like having to be, you know, not necessarily the number one? I know you guys are, are, are clearly a good goalkeeping unit, and people always say that, you know, goalkeepers do stick together, but has it been difficult sort of waiting for your moment and also coming in and out of the team like you have this season? Mm-hmm. I think, um, obviously, it's difficult going through playing the massive highs that I had last year um, at my previous club and, and getting in the Scotland squads and things like that. So 
Um, that was a massive high last year, and it's been a wee bit uh, disappointing this year in terms of the, it was injury that really was the most disappointing thing. I, I was well aware that, that Joe had been playing when I came down, and that I might have to wait to get my opportunity. But um, when I did wait and eventually got my opportunity, I felt as I was growing. I was I was starting to get stronger, and I'm just um, going to cement cement my place in the team. And then I got injured, which kind of set me back. But um, to be fair, I was I was back a couple of weeks, and then managed to find myself back in the team. So it's just about trying to stay fit and, and, and put a run of games together now and um, I'm well aware of the challenge that Joe and, and Dylan pose and um, we've got a great working relationship so um, nothing's ever personal, it's always professional between us so whoever the manager picks gets a full backing of our goalkeepers but um, at the end of the day we all want that, that number one jersey. Hi Liam, how you doing mate, you alright? Yeah I'm fine mate, how are you? Yeah very well, um, first of all happy birthday for Thursday. Thank you, cheers. <laughs> You're going to be 24. 24, yep. yep. Uh, any, reckon any of the players have got anything lined up surprise-wise for you? No, unlikely. I just need to um, bring in the cakes and the donuts for the <laughs> for the boys and the staff. So I'm not sure how that will go down with the sports scientists a day before a, before a game. But anyway, it's, it's, it's tradition, isn't it? So yeah, of course it is, mate. Cat. You'll have to just nobble him, stick him in a dark room somewhere and, uh, and, and, and pretend you've just been eating celery and stuff. Uh, uh, well, a question that a lot of people um, say, a lot of the fans say, is, is how tall are you? Because um, some people say, obviously, you're not as tall as Lumbly, and then someone said that you were six three, listed as official. How, how tall are you, or how tall do you think you are? No, oh, I, I know my I know my height is one eight six, but I don't know exactly know what that is. If I was to um, to round that down, I think it's just just under six two or more. So, oh, okay, uh, yeah. But that's fine. I think I Joe's probably... I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't think Emily's as tall as Joe right enough. <laughs> uh, he's, up, he's up there in a different world of his own. So, no, it would be lovely to be that size. Um, but unfortunately, somebody's, somebody's on the blessed like that. I need to blame my mum and dad for that. <laughs> and, how, and, and you sort of touched on that a minute, but you and Joe, I mean, Keepers Union and all that, how, how do you two get on together? Yeah, we're going great. Um, I think when, when Joe was playing, I, I'd like to think he felt he said my my absolute support and whenever he was playing and um, he used to speak before games and after games and, and things like that and how we think games will go and um, obviously Joe wasn't involved at the game of the weekend and that was my first league game back but uh, I'm sure if I play then I've got the full support of Joe as well so yeah but we're, we're fine in that regard and I mean I know with Joe as well I mean great keeper as he is but anything a keeper does as you probably know yourself gets magnified more than any other player and obviously you know he had, he's done he's done well but he, he ended up getting a bit of stick on social media which I think uh, um, I speak for most QPR fans which was well out of order mm-hmm. oh well, no I don't think MD um, deserves any sort of personal sticker because Make no mistake about it. When Joe plays, and every time he was up there representing QPR, he was trying his best to to stop every shot possible and, and not make any mistakes. And none of none of make mistakes on purpose as a goalkeeper. So um, I think we've just been unfortunate that everything we've done this year has been been punished. Or been there's been a striker that put a rebound in. Or, um... Yeah, no, fair enough. All right. <clears throat> Sorry, Liam. This is our Paul. Um... Can you hear me okay, by the way? Because we're just having a few issues with wires here. Hi. Sorry, oh, yeah, there you go, yeah. Sorry, I, I, Liam, I'm the, um, I'm the Northern Irish one, so I've got a funny accent too. Not them saying that your accent's okay. funny? Just saying. Liam, <laughs> when we signed you, um, believe it or not, one of my mates in Dungannon um, supports Livingston. Not right. And um, I know, I was quite surprised as well. Um, and he, he, I was asking about yourself, like, and he was saying, like, definitely... 
the best goalkeeper in the Premiership, including the um, the ones that play for the for Rangers and Celtic, obviously. That's awesome. Well, yeah, I'll point them out to you at QPR. I can buy my pounds. Um, but he was he was saying he just wondered how you would adapt to the championship because the Scottish League does get a lot of stake, obviously, if you're not Rangers and Celtic. How different is it to adapt from Scottish football to the championship? Mm, uh, of course, there's, there's differences in games. I think um, what there, there never is in the championship is there was times where there was only maybe 1,300 and 1,400 games last year at, at Livingston, but there was also the 60,000s and the 55,000s at Rangers and Celtic. So there's there's more of a consistency in terms of um, the pressure and the, and the attendances that are there, and the games are very tight, whereas there's obviously bigger bigger margins in between the top and the bottom um, in Scotland. So um, what Scottish League's great in terms of prepares you for um, for down here and, and it's a great great league to play in as well it's really enjoyable but I've enjoyed my time um, down in England so far and, and the games have been good and they've been they've been tough and there's not been an easy game so they've all been close um, like Saturday was a, obviously a very close game and it could have went either way but um, no, it's, there's, there's not much difference I think Celtic Rangers are, are strong and, and much stronger than the rest which you don't have Do you know what it's, it's quite fair I, I think the Scottish League gets a bad press personally I think there's a lot of very good players in Scottish football, and especially mm-hmm. a striker at Dundee United, who I think could do quite well for us. Now, the other thing is, have you have, are you harbouring any international hopes? Because obviously, if Scotland, like Northern Ireland, will make it to the Euros, you could be playing against England um, in the Championships. Is that is that something that geez you on a wee bit as well? Now you're now you're in the, the QPR goal. I don't think. Um, listen, I've only been, I've only played one game since I came back from injury. Do you know what I mean? So. I'm not going to start saying I want, I want to do this and I want to do that. First and foremost, I just want to put our own games together, um, mistake-free and, and really enjoy my time at QPR. And if the Scotland manager feels the need to, to reward me with a call-up or feels that I would I would benefit the national team, then I would love to go. But um, first and foremost, it's just doing well for QPR. And then um, if, that, if that goes well, then I'm sure that the Scotland manager will, will let me know if, if he thinks I'm deserving a place in the squad there. Good man. I hope you do. And by the way... We don't ask for much. We want a good cup run, beat Fulham at, at home, and um, yep. if we come up against Chelsea, then just decapitate everyone in front of you. No. <laughs> good, man. good man. So, unfortunately, um, because no one or only a few people sponsor this podcast, we can't afford uh, the best equipment, and therefore our lovely, trusty wire that connects to our phone uh, calls for guests uh, has given up the ghost and unfortunately is no longer working. So we got patches of Liam Kelly. Uh, can, we remember, can we remember it for a second for all the good work that it did? Yeah. Rest Hello. in peace. Um, and if you would like to hear more guest phone calls, then you can sponsor the podcast ah. via the QPR podcast website and then we'll be able to purchase some more cables and get those phone calls to you. And we'll, we will... David Fraser is alive and well in the room. We will um, call Liam Kelly another time because it seems like he had some uh, nice, interesting things to say. What, what I liked about that interview was he was honest, he was articulate and... He just seems to come down here to learn his trade. And I like that. I'd rather have someone like that than some of this shape we've had over the years who are just using us as a as a last paycheck. Give us more Liam Kellys, give us more Joe Lumleys, give us more Mannings, give us more people that we can hang our hats on and hopefully they'll have better careers at Rangers. Because that's what we're about. Amen to that. Um, before we took our Liam Kelly detour, um, Chris was talking about Naki Wells and 
uh, on Twitter today, there's been lots of conversations um, and a couple of stories about interest from Bristol City um, and whether, because Wells is out of contract in the summer, whether Burnley will recall him in order to take the money. Uh, otherwise, obviously, they'll get nothing for him in the summer mm. and they want to recoup a bit of what they spent on him. So that's the rumour that's going round. Obviously, Burnley can recall him if they want. That's out of our hands. Um, the player has some power in this, but he wouldn't be the first player to ever be transferred against their will. It does happen. It's a bit depressing, but it does happen. Um, he seems very happy at QPR. Um you know, I know we've discussed before that if we were to sign him, we would he would have to be willing to pay, take a paycheck. Um, what are people's thoughts pay on cut. these pay, paycheck? Yeah, pay cut. <laughs> no, um, I'm not having a paycheck. I demand to work for free. Put me what, the minimum wage. What are people's thoughts on it? Do you know what? It's always going to be the risk when you have players unknown that this was going to happen, especially when the. But it's Saul's law that just as he finds his feet, as he's doing what he's come here to do, that we're probably going to lose him. And we probably will because Burnley will want something rather than nothing. Can we match his wages? Probably not. Bristol City are desperate for a striker because he's hanging on to his job just about in the, the name straight for him. So I'd be surprised if he comes back in a QPR shirt, but I'd flipping love it if he, yeah, if that, he did. That is the catch-22 of any loan signing is you want the player obviously to do well because it affects the, the performance on the pitch. But if the player does too well, there's the risk that mm. he gets recalled. Obviously, the way to mitigate that risk would be to to get an option to buy the player at the end of the at the end of the loan. But those options don't come for for free, so presumably that was priced into the contract. The fact that we didn't get the option means that the price that we paid Burnley is lower. So there there is the the risk that he goes. Obviously, QPR does have some power in this. If Bristol City wants to come in and and pay X, obviously QPR has the ability to match and be willing to pay whatever same amount of transfer fee that that uh, Bristol City or Wigan would pay. But personally, I would prefer that we actually let him go. I think at this point, we're pretty safe. Uh, we're not going up, definitely. We're too way too inconsistent. We're definitely not going down, although maybe those are famous last words. So I don't think it's worth it to, to spend money on a, a striker who's approaching 30 years old uh, towards the end of his career or on the wrong side of 30, paying him a lot of money when he's going to have no sell-on value at the end of his contract. So I would say thank you for being a good player for QPR, but... I would rather invest in younger players and uh, and see how that turns out. Raul is a brutal numbers man. No, I just think, I mean, the the history of being, I don't think that we should be sentimental and the fact that... I mean, it's fair enough. The sentimental it, gets you nowhere in football. Yeah, and, and, and the whole bit about him being happy at QPR, I think that's, I mean, he wasn't very happy last year towards the end of the season, especially when he was missing those penalties uh, and probably looking to see what his next move was at the end of the season. I think Clive said something similar to this last week of the week before, uh, which is the risk with loan players, they start eyeing their next contract. So I think, you know, the the, the notion that he likes QPR, obviously he seems to be happy here, but if someone comes knocking on his door and says, I'm going to pay you, you know, 2X or 3X, he's obviously going to go there because he only has so many big paychecks coming to him. Yeah, at, and at I think age. the age is a factor, right? He's got to cash in. He's not got long left in his career. He needs to make the money for his family. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, we're looking at this guy, Dundee United, aren't we? Um, yeah, he's been up a few, I mean, he's 29 as well, so, um, but assume, assuming um, we do get him, he's going to be on 
a lot less wages than I imagine Naki's on. I mean, it's no good. You know, people are saying, oh, he's on 45 grand a week. I mean, how does anyone know that? I don't think they do, but it, I don't think he'd be on that much. But it, yeah, suffice to say, I mean, Bristol City, I don't know what their finances are, probably better than ours. They could probably afford to take a punt. They've got a shot of, you know, they're in the playoff picture for quite a while. They've got a shot still. And realistically, like Rail said, I mean, we haven't, but then again as a, as a fan you never know you, I've spent like the first part of the season looking at the top of the table the second half looking the, the second bit looking down at the bottom now I'm starting to look up the top again and just see well if we just win that and then we win that and they lose you never know but realistically yeah I think we're probably but on the point of finances we're we're regularly told that that there is a limited amount of finance available and we only have so much to spend on players which brings us to the other signing which we made which was Jack Clark on loan which for my, I just don't understand at all the purpose of that signing. He's a really good player. I think he'll do very well for QPR. But again, we're not going up. We're not going down. So what do we stand to gain by signing a player on loan? Obviously, he's not coming for free. We're dealing with Spurs. He's a pretty highly rated player. So there's probably a fee. Uh, we're probably paying his wages. Daniel Levy is, is a very good negotiator. So wouldn't we bet, let's just say hypothetically, we're paying three hundred grand all in to get him this season. I would rather spend that three hundred grand next year on a striker or on the wages of a better defender than paying three hundred grand on a player who might incrementally improve our position from fourteenth to twelfth, but uh, is going to make no ultimate difference at the end of the day. And is going to take away minutes. For a, we don't know who's players. going out though, do we? Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe brighter say a semi. A semi- I think there was conversations rumor. about Matt Smith returning to City because he hasn't played enough. Um, so when on Saturday Warburton said. I mean, this is on the basis of of well staying, but he said that in terms of ins, that's us done was his exact words. Now, obviously, what a manager says doesn't necessarily mean is true, um, but he's implying that then he said that unless someone comes and steals one of the, our players last minute and late, so towards the end of the window in a couple of weeks, uh, we won't be looking to add anyone. So... He feels like with the squad he's got now, that's enough. Um, I think the 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 holes are in the defence for sure. But now he's sort of come across Masterson and lucked out a little bit. And I think Leisner's not far away from returning. But it do, it does the, the Clark loan does seem a bit odd. Um, it's sort of squad filler. Um, but it's probably one of those situations where you've got a good relationship with the club. You want to keep that good relationship. Amos has turned out to be a pretty decent loan. He thinks, well, you know, it's a, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours situation. Mm. And people were thinking, oh, is it like a teaser for, for Eze to leave in the summer and go to Spurs? And I, I, you never know with these situations what's in play, but I know what you mean. It's just add another mid- midfielder to the to the squad list. Seems a bit odd. Yeah, that was the rumour that Clark and Amos could become part of some eventual deal for Eze, but it seems a bit far off to definitely know that that's part of it. I think Clark, we didn't see much of him the weekend, but I think if he plays left wing occasionally and, and you can rest a few more of those front four it might provide us with enough going forward. Because one thing I was going to say is I think Lee Wallace did really well in the last three wins. And I love Ryan Manning and he's wonderful going forward. But once he goes off form a bit attack-wise, you are very vulnerable. And maybe if you just have an out-and-out winger, Jack Clark in front, in the same way that Bright in front of a right-back, a right-back doesn't have to do anything with Bright in front because he'll just dribble through the whole team. But the thing is, I'm also thinking, I agree with what you're saying, but I'm just wondering if... Clark has also been brought in to cover the eventuality should Wales go 
and we can play either him or Bright Samuel as a striker. Maybe yeah. That's why he tried Bright Samuel on Saturday a little bit as well. Maybe I'm reading too much into that. I don't know because um, obviously Hugel's going to be in and out, and I kind of think we're. I, I'm pretty sure he can be played as a striker, but yeah, he's versatile. Yeah, yeah. So that's an idea. But of, I mean, is there anyone that strikes you in the lower leagues? You think just to see us through the season if Wills does go, there's it's worth a punt on someone or. Is everyone taken in the lower leagues? Well, I think there is a perception that if you buy in January, you get bad value. But actually, there are a plenty of teams that know what they're doing that make signings in January, Van Dyke being the, the most prominent one, where you're actually planning ahead. Uh, I, I, you know what? I think he's a little bit out of our price range. Uh, anyway, we're sorted at center back with Masterson, so we don't need Van Dyke. But... Uh, if if there is a vision and we're thinking ahead to next year, then I'm I'm happy if we sign a player from the lower leagues. But if we're doing it as a squad filler for this season or trying to plug a hole for this season where we're probably safe, I would just rather save that money for next year and next summer and then see what we can do then. And you, Finney, talked to Kelly about cup runs. We're still in the cup. Oh, yes. Fourth round this Friday. Shepherd Wednesday have sold out their allocation. They've just released more tickets. There's going to be, I think, about 3,000 Wednesday fans there. So between us, there will be about maybe 9,000 fans in total with uh, the Wednesday fans probably being the loudest in the ground. Um, How are we all feeling about Friday night, fourth round, a fairly quiet Loftus Road? No... It can't be quiet. I mean, I'd like to see the whole... With 6,000 people, it probably will. Oh, could, mm, Friday Prince, night, though. Should they open up the Earls League and just... It's too late, they've moved me, so they're definitely not opening up the Earls League. It's not all about you, Flo. <laughs> not all about you. Oh, it's a shame, isn't it? I mean, Wednesday sound like they're away end and us having a, ha- a whole stand empty and, and, and uh, it just doesn't look right. I mean, come on, let's fall in love with it. How do we fall in love with the FA Cup again, I wonder? We want to, we whinge we never have a cup run. We've got a bit of a run and we're playing with an empty stand. That can't be right. I mean, I can see that, you know, it's it's not a plum draw for, for, for either side, let's be honest. Um, and Wednesday probably just haven't got anything better to do on a Saturday. Jesus so. Christ, don't do the team <laughs> yeah. talk for them. I think, actually, in all honesty, I think that is a superb effort from them on a Friday night. No, absolutely, yeah, no. We were talk- I was talking last week about the fact that the last train back to Sheffield's 20 past 10, so they ain't got much time to get back to King's Cross. So it's a pretty impressive. Over. Yeah, probably yeah. stay, sleep in Westfields, get some yeah. sales in. But in terms of, you spoke about not going up or down, then I, I think we should, with the exception of Eze, who could probably do with a, you know, a, a bit of a rest. I mean, it's a bit, a bit laughable, the people saying, oh, he's, he's not, see, he's not that good, he's overrated. I mean, he's had two games where he hasn't completely ripped sides apart. But um, yeah, he'll probably rest him. But other than that, I would I would play a fairly full-strength side. I mean, what have we got to lose? I'd get a fifth-round draw, and if they want money in the coffers, you get a decent away draw at a Premier League club. Or if you want to progress, you get a decent home draw against a lower league club and all of a sudden you're in the quarterfinals so I would I would go for it well yeah obviously if we if we advance the next round we'll, we'll probably draw Blackburn I'm sure but uh, <laughs> so I'm not sure about the money side but I, I totally winnable. yeah exactly well that's definitely winnable yeah, just, if they're out yeah yeah but no I, I agree totally I think we should play a full full strength squad maybe other than Eze who who we can who we can rest but yeah we should definitely go for it yeah I think start Clark as well a good opportunity to give him a start and who would you have in goal? Would you bring Lumley back if he's fit or would you carry with uh, Kelly? Before the game against Leeds, I would have thought maybe it's a good chance to give Lumley a bit less pressure game to get back into it. But given that Liam Kelly played so well and he's got his lovely little dog on Instagram to keep <laughs> his morale up, um, 
I would probably keep him in just to get some consistency and confidence in the defense, get him playing together. I think Lumley's, I think his career QPR may be on its last legs. I really like him. I think he's a great guy, and I like that he's from the QPR. I, I, mean, I know I, I'm sounding brutal like truth a brutal, from like a, Firstly, we got to get rid of well. Sentimental, uh, horrible guy, but <laughs> I think he probably has too much baggage at the club, and we're here to win football games, not to to improve the confidence of players and, and whatnot or make them feel better. So I am inclined. Kelly played pretty well. He played in the FA Cup the first ra- the previous match. I'd say stick with Kelly, and Lumley will get his chance, hopefully, and hopefully he'll improve. But I think he probably needs some time away from, from the first team to improve his mental space. Don't ever join us in Martins. <laughs> I think it could be weird. That's brutally honest, wasn't it, Chris? It was, Paul, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, God, has someone upset you today? No, I just, I, I, I think that it, I, I like to, I mean, yeah, no, I, I sound like a crazy person, but I do. Well, luckily do we know like you me. are, so it's yeah. grand. No, I don't know. See, I, I think Lumley's still got a few, I think Lumley, whatever happens, I don't know what you guys think, I think he'll have a, a good career away from QPR, but I do agree yeah, that. I think he needs a change. He needs a fresh yeah. start somewhere. Which is a shame because we want our own players, we want them to come through, but, you know, some of them people that were, that, that were booing him and having to go on social media would probably boo their own mother. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So you're not going to win them over, no matter what and he it's does. Just, I, I actually feel very bad for him because so much of it is just bad luck. Um, he made a mistake against Fulham. They scored a goal. He made a mistake against Brentford. They scored a goal. And that colors everyone's perception of how he's doing. Whereas Masterson, who had a very good game, he made one mistake. Bamford didn't take advantage of it. And everyone forgets that he made that mistake. Whereas if he did make that mistake and they ended up scoring a goal... Uh, it's very possible that the same people on social media who criticize yeah. Lumley would be saying he's not ready, he's not good enough. And that's actually one of the reasons I'm concerned for Masterson is because he's played well, but he's going to ha- make a mistake at some point. And then mm. are we going to have a situation? And the same with Kelly yeah. as well. The mistakes are part of the way we play now and Mark Warburton's trying to be And when you're playing in keep as a keeper or as a defender, if you make a mistake, it's, it's more likely to lead to a bad outcome. And then are we going to have QPR fans going after Liam Kelly's dog on I mean, Instagram. It, it doesn't matter who you are. Masterson's dad on Twitter. It doesn't yeah. matter who you are, mate. I mean, Warburton, there were some people on, on Facebook I saw calling for Warburton to be sacked before the 5-1 and the 6-1 and the 5-1. I mean, as a best player by a country mile with Bright, uh, you know, yapping at his heels. Um, I mean, Eze has been, you know, criticised for this, that and the other. He, he, even this season when he's like, like, you know, widely seen as the best player in the championship, he's got all sorts of suitors after him. So some people are just morons and that's it, basically. Good luck at me when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just my lazy eye, Paul. What, what are the... Um, before, because we've got another game on, on Tuesday, the rearranged fixture, but... We'll do predictions for this one, ours end, and then predictions for Blackburn. So predictions for Wednesday on Friday. Chris, 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 did you, did you listen last week? Yes, no. Did you? All right, okay, waste of time. Flo, I got it right last week, didn't I? I said we'd beat Leeds. You lot are doom monkeys. That is not wrong. true. I said we'd beat them, we'd get a clean sheet, actually. I think Flo got it right. Didn't someone I call said it 1-0? I said, I think I said 1-0 or 2-0, but... Anyway, so, I, I said I'm normally not confident. No, I said we'd uh, get smashed by Brentford. I'm going to edit that. Flo, me and you called it right last week, didn't we, Flo? Um, I think it'd be great to beat Wednesday. It'd be great to have a cup run, and I'd love it. But with that many away fans, it's going to be tricky. But yeah, why the hell not just go for it, have some smiles and faces, and make everyone a little bit more happy, and we go into the next round again. And the score, though? The score will be 
two one to QPR. I will tell you who will score as well. Oh, okay, I'm happy with this. Masterson will score an overhead kick from 35 yards. <laughs> I don't believe that boy's been overhyped enough. So Does that's it in training I, all the time is what I hear. I'm hearing the same thing as you, Rory. 35 yard, Trevor Sinclair like overhead kick from the boy Masterson. Say no more. And Liam Kelly with a second. Um, yeah. <laughs> from a corner. Um, yeah, 2-1. Two 2-1 one, two one sounds about right for me. Um, I think Wednesday, you know, if they've got those 3,000 fans, Wednesday is like in the playoff picture. I mean, they, I got they got smashed thumped. on yeah. the weekend. That was really 4-0 by half-time. They did win 2-0 at Leeds the week before. Um, so I think it will be a tough game. The last thing we want to replay. So I'll, I'll, I'll go with 2-1, Paul. That sounds And good actually, interestingly, um, chatting to some Leeds fans in the pub afterwards, and they did say that... Clubs, teams that play Leeds and win tend to go on poor runs afterwards. So Sheffield Wednesday being another being another example of that. So he did say, like, you know, be warned. So uh, we'll see how that affects us. How about you guys? Uh, will Luongo be playing? No, he's been suspended, I think. Oh, damn it. Okay, I was going to have him score a hat-trick and us to win 4-3, which would have been nice. I think there'll be goals. I think maybe we'll win 3-2. Because no one wants a replay, so I think it could open up yeah, a bit. Yeah, please, no replays. I think we'll smash them, actually. I think we'll beat them 4-0, 4-1, something like that. Finally, a bit of positivity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that felt all right, didn't it? Yeah. And uh, so our Zen, before we move on to the Tuesday game, which feels like it will come around too quickly, and then we'll probably meet on Wednesday and chat about whatever happened in those two games. So, you want me to go first? No, Finney, you can go last. I'll go first. Um Yesterday I was scrolling through Twitter. I spent far too much time on that app. It's probably terrible for my mental health. Anyway, came across a lovely video of Jude the Cat uh, who made an appearance at a um, London Taxi uh, charity event for disabled children. I think it was was London Taxi something. Um, Anyway, apparently they invited all the London mascots uh, from the London football clubs and Jude was the only one that turned up. I can't remember who shared the video, so sorry, uh, whoever you are. But it's a really great video of Jude doing his dance moves with a couple of kids on stage and um, the kids are having a wicked time, Jude's having a wicked time and it's just one of those nice things that makes you smile. And there's some horrific things on social media these days, so it's nice when something like that cheers you up. So that's my R's end. I hope I didn't steal anyone's because that that often does happen. Damn. I did see it, but I wasn't going to be my R's end. It was very good that it was the only one who turned up and he's got some moves. Go on then. Okay, well, I've nominated myself for the R's end. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, passion, have some passion. No, that's that's Finney's one. Uh, I don't worry, I have about four, so... Yeah, I don't know if you're superstitious, but I, uh, I want to claim some credit here because me and my dad have been coming to games for 20 years. We normally walk down Uxbridge Road, turn right at the Dominoes. That's how we get to the stadium. We were running late before Cardiff and we cut down the back behind the old BBC studios mm. through like, there's Look like a park. Japanese park that's yeah, in like the top 10 most peaceful yeah. spots. And we ran but to be let... careful because sometimes they close the gate and you get trapped. I've been in that situation. Oh, wow. That's so just like a word of warning. Because yeah. we had good luck because we went before Cardiff, before Swansea. Obviously, we started going that route and before Leeds. And we ran to Les Ferdinand's cousin on the way as well. Wow. And he he said, "Oh, say hi to my." He gave us the directions. So, how, how did you know it was Les Ferdinand's cousin? Because he said it was. Oh, okay. It could not have been. That's true. Yeah, I bumped into two of his cousins. I think the other week as well. Big family. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. said it was also Ashley Cole's cousin on the other side. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sure that's. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that's going to stop working for me and my dad soon. But if we start losing, if someone else could change the way they walk to the ground, that would really help me out. Mm. 
Actually, I wore a specific jumper for the Cardiff and Swansea matches, so I think I'm the one who's responsible for the. (laughs) Probably a combination. Did you wear it for Leeds though? That jumper? No, I didn't. Is it as natty as the one you got on tonight? (laughs) (laughs) No, not charcoal grey for anyone who's interested. Uh, but my R's end uh, is just about, I mean, so many superlatives have been used for for this player, but just seeing the progression of Bright Samuel has been amazing. And I think it's very uh, unfair to the player to say that he now has a lot of confidence because he scored one goal, one great goal against Birmingham City. If you watch the way he's developed over the last year, he's added so many skills to his game. And I think it's saying, it's, saying he's now more confident really... Uh, takes credit away from how much he's worked on his game. Uh, he he's developed that move where he, he he collects the ball with his back to the goal, holds up the defender, flicks it past. Always beats his defender doing that. Um, he he's now starting to run behind defenses against Bur- Brentford. The run he made to set up the the pass for the goal was an incredible one. And now I think the only thing that he has to really improve his game is once he develops his left foot, which I think he's still a little bit too right foot heavy. I think even the sequence which led up to the free kick where we scored, he was taking all his touches with his right foot going from the right wing to the center of the pitch when it would have been better to go with his left. Once he develops his left foot, he's just going to destroy the league. He's going to become just an incredible 20 million pound player. So his goals will go up. So I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to see how he's developed how uh, Warburton and, and Holloway have managed him over the last two years. And I think he actually, right now on form, I think he's actually been better than Ezzy for the last four or five uh, weeks and, and hopefully long may that continue. Yeah, um, uh, I'm I just just a general one about uh, how enjoyable uh, it has been to watch us this season and how crazy it is. And it's just like summed up in an article from The Times this week by... Gregor Robertson says starts off saying our Queen's Park Rangers in the wacky world of the Skybet Championship, the most madcap of the lot. Goes on to say, um, you know, name chips are six one Cardiff, five one Swansea, Leeds, um, and says you, you see an average of two point six seven goals a game in the Championship. In QPR games, that figure is a league highest three point four six. There have been four or more goals scored in forty six percent of their games. Um, and I just think it's okay. Yeah, we've had a few downs, but I mean, compared to the stuff we saw under Hasselbank and and McLaren, I just think it's a breath of fresh air. And and really, who'd have been sitting here thinking, you know, we'd have been thumping teams like you know on New Year's Day, we'd been, you know, we'd have been beating the league leaders or Leeds or second or whatever they were. And yeah, if 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 we'd have had a better defence, I think we scored the second most goals after West Brom and conceded the most apart from Luton. So it's been a roller coaster, but I'm enjoying every minute of it. Are we sitting comfortably? No, I shall begin. No, I've already got a quick one, to be fair. And that is I'd like to thank all the QPR fans, and there's been a few that have come up to me and give me tips in Romania. Since I said in this very podcast I was off to see Dracula's Castle on Monday um, as you do when you're drunk and Goupon flashes up a deal why not he says it's going to be cold it's not it's going to be like 11 what it's uh, there's here. this climate wow. change I don't know if you've read about it <laughs> so yeah the been, single climate yeah, change yeah, yeah so I, I, all my heavy coats are going to have to go in the cupboard again anyway so thank you to everyone who's given me hints and advice Romania I cannot thank you enough for myself and my family, we're greatly touched by those who took an interest in us visiting the Dragon's Castle. Um, I enjoyed pissing off Leeds fans. 
Um, I love it. I think it's great. And I think we should do it more often. We did it last season twice. We've done it again this season. And I want to keep doing it because I want them to stay in the championship because there's nothing that brings it. No matter how bad your season is, you're not them. Do you know what I mean? That that deludedness they have. That Would, would you shut your phone up? Sorry. Um, and I, I was going to go to a great run there. Now I'm lost. Anyway, I love that. But I also love the fact that we pissed off Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank as well, who I'm told was very pro Leeds on the TV. And you wouldn't think he was an ex-QPR manager. This is why you should never employ... In the modern game, I know it worked in Tommy Doherty and other people, managers from Chelsea, leave them to it and just get our own managers. And my third and last one is to the Irish guys at Medibon Waterford, well done. And, and New York and Adelaide, all over the world, everyone says we're a small club, yada, 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 bollocks we're not. There's fans meeting all over the place and what? No, carry on. You're going you're gonna to insult me? No, you? no, I'm not at all. Um, anyway, so I'd like to thank every one of them He's a great, he's a heroes of mine. Meeting up at twelve thirty all around the world to get drunk to watch the Irish smash leads. It you hate twelve thirty. <laughs> I know, and that's three. why I appreciate the effort that these guys are putting right. in because I had to watch that game in one pint, just one pint. Uh, yeah, just one thing I forgot to add to that article uh, on lawful words. A guy called Cider with Rosie um, uh, on 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 uh, reading that we average three point four six goals per game. Said right, I'm getting my prediction in for Friday and early. I'm hoping for Sheffield for QPR three Sheffield Wednesday zero point four six. Very nice, very nice. Um, more predictions because yeah, we've got two games uh, in a, like space of ten days. Um, Predictions for Blackburn Tuesday night. Obviously, beat them four two at home. Turned into a bit of a wacky game. Uh, nearly let it slip a little bit, but it's kind of the game that Chris has kind of um, expressed that it sums up our season. I think yeah. pretty open, pretty chaotic. So, what, how do we feel? It's away. Our away form against Blackburn isn't fantastic. Just Tuesday for, night, not justice ideal. For justice for Mackey. Keep going, lads. Two 0 Rangers. Well, it's got to be one nil to the super hoops, isn't it? I think it might be a draw, two two. Mm. Uh, I said we beat Sheffield Wednesday. Okay, three zero point four six. But we haven't won at Blackburn. Oh, we haven't won at Blackburn in ages, right? Is that right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we hadn't beaten them at home since like nineteen ninety eight or something like mm. that when we won at home. Yeah. So yeah, overall our record is not. It was great. a strange game that as well because we weren't really celebrating that we were sort of four one up and yeah. the atmosphere. We all felt like another sort of loot and comeback was going to happen. Yeah. yeah, but I think we'll beat them. Uh, I'm pretty confident of that. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> Score? Sorry. Uh, two, two nil. Two nil. Okay, another clean sheet to add to the collection. Hang on there a wee second, Mr. Positive. Yeah. You don't think Blackburn are going to score a goal? Uh, no. <laughs> I know, pretty amazing. I'm, I'm thinking the two-all shout from Rory is pretty good because I think it's going to be uh, pretty open and they've got another uh, ex-Spurs uh, youngster on their team, Holtby, who's having a bit of a resurgence. So, um, yeah. That's what I think. By the way, have you ever thought of that song on Saturday, Leeds are falling apart again? Jeez, it's been around for a while, that song, I, I think. Know, I, I think know. it came I'm, in I'm last I'm not sure season. we got the tune right. I don't know how many people heard the original. I'm the end. deaf. Well, fair enough. <laughs> so it sounded great to me. It was Sorry. almost like Ian Curtis was, in my, was standing next to me. I do think we need some better songs. We signed, you know, 17 players and we haven't got a decent song for like the people new ones. People keep saying that, don't they, Chris? We need to get some songs going. They do, Paul, yeah. Maybe we should uh, have a brainstorm. Yeah. I don't have yeah. the voice for it. I can't start a chant at Loftus Road. I need to smoke more, you know, be older, gruffer. But I think um, the best song of last year was uh, in football was the Oh, What a Night from Tottenham. 
And if we could get bright, I don't know. Someone My favourite that we've oh, had yeah, was we when there. we had Taiwo. Boom, boom, boom. Lay here, say Taiwo, Taiwo. Yeah, that was a good I one. I never heard that. That's great. I love that Very one. Very good. Well, maybe, um, I don't know. I don't know how um, Richard and David are feeling on the old social media front, but maybe send in your best uh, yeah, new songs uh, yeah. and we'll do a little... Um, shout out or a little vote on the next on the podcast next week and and see what we could uh, try and introduce into the pod i don't know into I mean, the there's, stands. Some, there's some famous qpr fans out there who are in bands and stuff yeah well someone told me michael nyman the composer he is QPR he, he, fan, did, he did so a program can't he write Spurs. some nice music for he's us he's moved to australia i believe I mean, he can uh, still write music from australia good point i don't know why i said that <laughs> um yeah but he is he did a program we it's on youtube we beat spurs uh 4-1 gary penry scored and it's brilliant. It's one of the best things you'll ever see. And he was brilliant. And he's still alive. I don't know why I said he was. Um, but yes, yeah, so we need we need some new songs, don't we? Yeah. We, need, we need to re-jig ourselves and get some news. You're right about the seven. We need to get some. I quite like that one about Bray. Right. Yeah. I have a thing. I'll post on Twitter. I'm not going to sing because I'm totally no, up don't. as well. I'll but post then it, it, it and then someone else can start. Yeah, we'll get post post them on Twitter. Uh, Rory will put something out. We'll, um, Richard and David co- will yeah, retweet some Wells stuff. The Shark Tale one never caught on. Did oh you guys yeah, tried a while ago. I think because we're on um, whatever. What's that baby shark? I think people have moved on oh, now. But, yeah. We're not we're not down with the kids anymore. So. I don't know. I live above a five year old girl. She's in the flat below and she sings it a lot. So. Oh, still don't, relevant. I don't chip in with still relevant. Saying that it was a bloody stupid idea anyway. Was it David's? What the uh, baby shark? Yeah. No idea. We'll blame him, though. Yeah, excellent. Anyway, that's been uh, this week's episode. Apologies to technical difficulties. We're going to um, try and get a new cable, so it won't happen again. But um, blame David and Richard for that one. But if and, anyone uh, wants to sponsor our cable... Yeah, please. You, you can sponsor Sponsor a cable. A cable. We, we will name it after you as well. And every week we will mention you and the said cable as a beautiful thing. UPR. UPR.